and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewzium.com. And sponsored by our friends at Positive Medium. I'm Anne. And I'm Ashley. And I have a sound for you. All right. Listen. (laughs) So that is the Flower Beauty Plump Up Gloss Stick that we talked about in the last episode that I had ordered and Drew's been clicking them in videos and... (laughs) It, I, it, it worked. I wanted to get it. It's really fun and it's a good product. So there it is. Do I need one now? <laughs> I think you'd like it. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Besides that, we have some other follow-ups, quite a few actually from last week. Cool. Let's hear it. So when we were talking about Drew presenting at the 1995 MTV VMAs, we were talking about how her voice was sort of affected and you said it sort of sounded like a Saturday night night live voice and you were right it hit me later but it sounds like when she does dog show and she's talking about Mr. Miami Beach (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that is exactly correct from the moment REM burst onto the scene with Radio Free Europe 14 years ago we knew that we were seeing and hearing something very special Welcome, Michael Troilo. Thank you, David Leary. It's a filthy pleasure to be here. Oh, come on, you two. Let's have fun. Little Mr. Miami Beach wants to begin the ceremony. I hope you have a witness. There it is. And then more to that, um, more about the VMAs. So we did get a response back from the wishful thinking costume designer, David Robinson. I know this is so cool. Um, He is at Viking Dandy on Instagram if you want to give him a follow. But he confirmed, this is really cool. He said, yes, my tailor, Dane Callis, made the pink dress. The color was chosen to look gray and black and white. So in wishful thinking, it's black and white. Okay. And Drew liked it so much that we made one in black for the VMAs. So now we know for sure. That is so cool. cool. For some reason, I thought you had already confirmed it, but I guess it was just so clearly the same style of dress to us, right? Right. But we were kind of like, did they make a black one for the movie and they didn't end up using it? it, But it sounds like she requested it. So I just absolutely love knowing that. That is so cool. Yeah. Thank you, David, for the information. Very cool. One more follow-up, actually two more follow-ups from last week. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, um, so we, we had a little minor thing missing from, we did interview 1995, that magazine, mm-hmm. and we had a transcription that was from an old Drew fan site. And when I was like looking at the actual magazine, I saw there was a paragraph that we were missing from our transcription. So weird. I know. So I added it to the PDF that's on the episode page from last week. So that's complete now, but I figured we should just, talk about it real quick. It's a little snippet about Batman forever. Um, I'll read the question. Ingrid, the interviewer said, and your character is like a Varga girl, which is like a style of pinup artwork. Mm -hmm. And Drew's response was yes, but also Joel knows how much I love Marilyn Monroe. And I said, let's do a tribute to her. Sugar's like a glitter dipped Marilyn. And it is a tribute. You can only do things like that with an icon like Marilyn. You should never try to copy her because she can't be copied. I think it's funny that I brought up, like, who called her a glitter dipped? Yeah, you're like, did you said, like, did Drew call herself a glitter dipped Marilyn? (laughs) Yeah, she did in this magazine. Then we skipped it. (laughs) That's so funny. So we had to include that because it is a really fun little piece of information. 
Yes. And then the last thing is, so my memory was fantastic in one aspect. I brought up the teen people's 25 hottest stars under 25 from the year <laughs> yeah. 2000. Yep. Justin Timberlake hosting. For some reason, I had it in my head that she was on the set of Never Been Kissed in this interview <laughs> that they played. And she's not. She's at the Oscars in 2000. So totally different. <laughs> yeah. What I remembered about what she says and his like stupid little comment was accurate. I thought it'd be fun to play. Yeah, okay, here I go. The music. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a role model. It seems too egotistical, but I just want to keep trying to be positive and like a lover of life, admirer of clouds. Okay, an admirer of clouds. Wow. <laughs> Shut up, Justin Timberlake. Did you say wow. Nancy? Was she in the is she in that clip? I wasn't looking. She was in the background at the Oscars? Uh-huh. Whoa. I don't think I've ever known that. We'll share a link. And also I was like, whoa, Drew's segment is literally 15 seconds of that whole show. Like it's so stupid. Wow. <laughs> okay. I wonder if the show was only like 30 minutes though. Um, I think it's like 40. I don't know. Okay. It's a lot, 25 hot stars. It's a lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. We've got some really fun mail this week. <laughs> You've got mail. So this comes from this really great account on Instagram and TikTok, and it's at Drew Rassic Park. So Drew's name and then Rassic Park. I like that. This person, I don't know who they are. I don't know much about them, but they create some really unique video content that is super fun. It's just like a very one-of-a-kind account. I highly suggest following if you like Drew. Why would you be here if you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jurassic Park sent us a very nice comment on Instagram. Okay. So they said, I'm enjoying sharing the stuff to the Drew community and just having an idea come to life. It's what I admire about what you guys have done with the podcast. You just made it happen. You're doing it in a professional manner, but your passion, love, and joy giving us this pod can be felt through the airwaves. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And I just realized I have looked at some of their content. They do yeah. some really cool edits. Really cool. There was one of like a mad love ever after kind of like mashup of her like saying goodbye in both of them and making like a similar face. And then I was like, this is genius. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. And they actually told me that on TikTok, they had one of their videos blow up. It was like a Charlie's Angels related one. Oh, cool. And they went from like three followers to like 10,000 in like a day. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah, something crazy like that. This is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So go give them a follow. Yeah. Well, I'll keep checking out their content too. Thanks for the sweet message. Thank you. Okay. So what did you pull for this week in Drew history? This is very quickly becoming one of my favorite segments on our show. <laughs> <laughs> good. I know. It's kind of amazing how most weeks I'm like, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. I love oh, it. Yeah. This one is like a pretty historical one because this is September 13th, 1993. Mm -hmm. And this was Drew appearing on the very first episode of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Love it. I feel like so many times I've randomly brought up to people, you're like, you know, Drew is on the first episode. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Anytime someone brings up Conan. <laughs> Trivia. <laughs> Tidbits galore. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I found a funny, like, recent interview of her talking about it. 
Oh, it definitely has one of those like, Drew, you have your timeline so wrong because she <laughs> says after she flashed David Letterman, they needed her. They wanted her to come be on the first episode. I'm like, Drew, you were on the first episode like a year and a half Years. before you flashed David Letterman. But anyway, she said that Lauren Michaels flew her in from Texas where she was filming Bad Girls just because he wanted her so badly to be on the first episode. So that's so cool. Drew hadn't been, wasn't on like Saturday Night Live at this time. Was Lauren still, was he always producing Saturday Night Live? Like, yeah, was it always like his baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so interesting. I know. Come on, he should have had her on Saturday Night Live in the 90s. Maybe he tried. <laughs> yeah, why did it take so long? <laughs> <laughs> so in this, and every time I like look back at it, little bit of cultural appropriation but it was common at this time yeah so she's wearing this like high collared silky dress that's definitely like Chinese inspired and it's bright red and then she's got these beautiful tendrils her hair is just like perfectly curled but looks like quaffed yeah it was kind of a really sort of one of the first times she wore it like like it's we're around the guest time which I guess she has some that are pretty curly in that I feel like maybe it was like inspired by that Oh, it totally has a, like that feeling. I'm assuming she's wearing big platform shoes, but I can't see them in any of the pictures. Yes, she's actually wearing those black kind of crisscrossy ones that she wore a lot in 92. Yeah. Yeah, she's wearing that pair, which is so great. And then of course you can see her tattoo. So sort of following up, they do talk about the guest campaign. They discuss Amy Fisher and Drew quickly does her voice. You know? So you, you didn't meet with her, you didn't talk to her, you just studied tapes? I, just, or? I would listen to her voice over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again. It's so fun. I just love like, <laughs> like it's so jarring, you know? Um, and then they talk about her tattoos and I thought this part was really cute too. I'm just saying, what made you think, okay, I've got to have that? It's Um, it's a a pretty permanent decision. Actually, a friend of mine, uh, we were walking past a tattoo shop one day and went, let's get matching tattoos. Mm -hmm. And that's how it happened. Oh, cool. And it's still there. Right. So. (laughs) You're not those fake kind. I get the fake kind a lot. I have those too. Those are a lot of fun. Um, And then I have um, cherubs growing. Growing. I hope they're not growing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Um, Along the base of my back. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. (laughs) But yes, this is such a cute look, and I'm happy we have an excuse to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so go check it out. Um, We'll link to the the whole episode is available on Conan's official YouTube, which is great because it's nice quality. Love it. So, and Drew does like a tiny little segment at the end too. So we'll link to the whole thing. Go enjoy it. Very cool. Thank you. Okay. So what is new with Drew? Okay. Not too much. We had mentioned before that in the new issue of Drew magazine, there was a photo of Drew with a new pure water filtration pitcher that beautiful collaborated with them on. And I guess there are going to be quite a few products. It's at least three. So it's beautiful by pure. Some items are out now on Walmart and there's some cute new promo photos to go with them. So we'll link to those and we'll include photos in the gallery. That's so cool. I'm excited about this. Um, I have always used Brita. I think I mentioned it on a previous episode, but I'd like to try one of these out. I could totally see you having this picture. I don't know why. It just totally <laughs> like, makes sense to me. 
Well, you can get it for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thanks. Won't, I, I won't send it back. <laughs> okay. okay. What else? The only other thing is that we got an official premiere date for season four of the Drew Barrymore show. Big deal. Ooh. So that's going to be on September 18th. So that's really soon, like a week after this episode comes out. Oh, how exciting. They also have a number that you can text. It's 929-205-3739, which uh, 3739 is also Drew, if you want to keep it simple. And that's for news and updates. You'll get texted to you. So that's pretty fun. Have you already done it? Of course. (laughs) I haven't done it. What do you have to send on the first message? Oh, you have to text the word Drew. It's fun. They like sent like a cute little like what are you most looking forward to in season four? And there's like different emojis to represent what you want to see. And anyway, it's just fun. New way to interact with them. Are we ready for our weekly topic? Yay. It's time for a movie. Yay. Yeah. We were a little overdue for this, so I'm ready. So we are going to be talking about the movie boys on the side from 1995. Yay. Boys on the Side was directed by Herbert Ross, and it's written by Don Roos, which I think is funny. Ross and Roos. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. Um, and I just pulled this really nice quote from Herbert Ross about Drew. He said, she has this extraordinary ability to put forth a gleam on the screen. She shines and she was born with it. Audiences love her. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. The movie was produced by Arnon Milchen. Among other people, I guess we should say, but I just pulled this quote from him. There's a couple other producers. Okay. So one of this producer in particular said about Drew, if you think DNA is the main reason for anyone's talents, you might ascribe Drew's gifts to her genetic makeup. What's certain is that she is special. The sweetness of her face contrasts with the sharpness of her intelligence, which the camera loves. Pretty cool because they're almost saying the same thing. That's true. Um, The movie also, obviously, I think we all know, co-stars Whoopi Goldberg and Mary Louise Parker. They're the other two leads. They probably have bigger parts than Drew, honestly. Um, And then we got to mention that Matthew McConaughey is Drew's love interest in the movie in one of his very first roles. Yeah, that's so cool. He was on the Drew Barrymore show in 2021, and they just briefly talked about doing Boys on the Side, but I, I really like this. He said that she he remembered how much Drew loved avocados while they were filming. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and of course, she's like, I want to be buried under an avocado tree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Did she still say that? Did she like reiterate yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Okay. And then the one note I made was that it's so funny. I mean, it's obvious, but to, after just watching True Detective season one. I still need to watch that. And I realized that Texas Buyers Club also covers the topic of AIDS. <laughs> that is weird. Like, it's just interesting that he's in like two movies that include that as a huge part of their plot point. So I just thought it was interesting, but he's Good such note. an amazing actor. You should watch season one of True Detective. I know. I've heard it's amazing. I mean, I was years late too, so it's no <laughs> it's judgment. Never too like, late. <laughs> literally just watched it, but it is so funny to see him in this. There are some scenes that are like actually like, pretty relatively dramatic with him even though a lot of the scenes with him make me laugh we'll get into that a little bit more later (laughs) yeah yeah. I think you're right though he brings like a like an earnest sweetness even though like watching it now I'm like oh he'd probably be like a trumper this guy (laughs) yeah I know but he is sweet (laughs) yeah totally and uh Whoopi Goldberg I guess was the one that brought the script to Drew and specifically wanted her for the part um Whoopi and Drew have known each other since Drew visited the set of the color purple at age nine love that I know 
Steven Spielberg flew her from North Carolina while filming Cat's Eye to South Carolina, which I guess is where they were filming The Color Purple. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, I love that so much. Drew read the script and thought it was one of the best representations of women that she'd ever seen in her life, and she would be honored to be a part of it. So she signed on. But then before they filmed, she actually tried to back out of this project very discreetly and professionally. I totally had forgotten about this, but... Bad Girls had been like a really horrible experience, as we've mentioned before, and she felt like scarred from it. Mm. And the filming schedule for Boys on the Side kept getting pushed back. So she was kind of just like, no, I don't think I want to do this. And then Herbert Ross wouldn't take it. He was like, no way. You're the only person I want for this part. And she was super complimented. And thank God she did it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know that you've gushed about how much you love her in this movie. And watching it again, I'm like, okay, I get it. can't imagine someone else pulling uh, that off. I know. There's something about it. It's quite special. Again, we'll get more into that yeah, too. <laughs> we definitely, definitely will. Drew also said that the three women, so Whoopi, Mary Louise Parker, and Drew became very close. And I feel like you can see that on screen. Yeah. Mary Louise Parker told a story about them taking a private jet and throwing Cheetos in each other's mouth. When did she tell this story? <laughs> I think it was just last year, a year before on, on Drew's show. And she was saying, they were both saying like, oh my God, like they'd never been on a private jet. And they were like, whoa, this is crazy. And like, <laughs> so special. <laughs> and then yeah. do you remember when, before the Drew Barrymore show premiered, Drew did those like art of the interview oh, um, yeah. segments. So she did one with Whoopi. And in that Drew tells a story about how she had once complained on the set of boys on the side of that she had dry skin. And the next day Whoopi showed up with some shea butter for her. So just little things like that, where they like really became friends and Drew and Whoopi definitely still have like a fun, like chemistry together. Yeah. I love that. I, I couldn't help but notice while I was watching the movie that there was a scene when Drew was painting Mary Louise Parker's toenails. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's very intimate. And then when I read your notes, I was like, that fits right in. And it felt very true to like Drew. Yeah. She would be like, let's kind of get down and paint our toenails, which kind of, well, again, we're about to get into Drew's character, but a lot of her qualities are Drew's qualities. <laughs> totally. And, you know, I didn't make any notes on this, but I'm remembering, I think it's the E celebrity profile where Mary Louise Parker is talking about how the first time she met Drew, she she was so sweet that she almost thought she was like faking or kidding. Yes, I remember that <laughs> clip. Then the narrator says that Whoopi's response about Drew is pure Whoopi, <laughs> which we love to quote for some reason. Yes. I wouldn't have remembered that those two things went together because for some reason we thought both of those were really funny. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Mary Louise Parker has a very specific way of talking. It's yeah. just her. That kind of feels like she's a little high all the time. (laughs) That's a really good way of putting it, you know? (laughs) And pure whoopee was just her saying when she was with Drew, she said, boy, am I old. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Pure whoopee, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into Drew's character, the wonderful, adorable Holly Polchick. Mm -hmm. Drew has a lot of things that she said about Holly over the years, but we kind of try to condense them so that we're not just reading paragraphs and paragraphs of quotes. But there's some really good ones. Um, I'll read the first one. Yes. Drew said, she's so brilliant. She's like really earthy, incredibly strong and weak. Her vulnerability and naiveties are so funny and she's so well-written. She's a very silly girl, but she's not an airhead. And then kind of like a side note is that Drew had felt that most female comedic young parts were either bratty or like airheady energy. So she loved that that wasn't the case here. 
Yeah. And you, I feel like you could, if you weren't paying attention maybe to the storyline or like that Drew's character, the way she acts, like comes from a place of love. I think you might be like, oh, what an idiot. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like it is a well-written movie. I didn't like remember liking it as much, but let's move on. Um, So Drew also said about Holly. Holly is a very beautiful, vulnerable little creature whom I admire very much because even through all the damages that she's had in life, she hasn't lost her sense of innocence. She still greets people with this open and honest quality that's very rare. And of course I'm like, hmm, sounds like Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but even with all this independent knowledge she's gained, her naivete has led her to stay stuck in certain positions. It's the inspiration and help of her friends that make her have the strength to take the initial final step. These women have no family and what they end up doing is creating a family for themselves. And of course, it's like one of Drew's favorite themes, find your own tribe and all that stuff. <laughs> yep. The find your own tribe. I feel like she said that a lot around with it, which yep. we have an episode about. Go check it out. <laughs> I do kind of love like recognizing some themes in this. And yeah, like for Drew to know herself, like be, whether she was able to recognize it or not, that she's also a person who comes from some traumatic shit. Yeah. And has kept it light. Well, one of she did say that it's one of the characters. I mean, at this time, up until this point, she said it's one of the characters that was most like herself because mm-hmm. they both love happiness, the power of a smile and the silliness of life and being, quote, floaty and groovy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Definitely drew in the mid 90s. And totally still, <laughs> more so than. Yes. <laughs> We did mention this when we did the Us 94 episode um, to get into character of Holly. She decided to carry a lunchbox as a purse and not (laughs) wear a watch. And Drew said, if Holly wore a watch, it would be one that her old boyfriend got from a Happy Meal. (laughs) And it's just perfect. Like, you could totally see Holly doing that. (laughs) Totally. And then one other part from Us 1994 that I just have to mention, because the um, article writer, Trish Detroyer, I believe it is, the way she described Drew's look, it's like literally straight off the set of boys on the side, you would think. So she said she's got two barrettes, three plastic daisies each, about an inch away from her center part on both sides. Yep, check. She's wearing light blue bell bottoms, an embroidered Indian shirt, and no bra. <laughs> So she was really getting into character already, apparently. <laughs> I feel like you commented on that and said it felt very Yeah, early. because it's so clearly like exactly what she looks like yep. in the movie. <laughs> and this description of her hair, I like. So she said her hair is very woo-woo bouncy. And it was perfect for Holly <laughs> because she's so light, so refreshing, like a flower. When she's first presented on the screen, which of course we'll get to, I was like, oh, I forgot how like the hair is so cutesy perfect. For being such a casual yeah. girl. And then in that scene, it's like, she's yeah. like, it's a domestic violence scene and she's got this like hair, but I love it on her so much, but it, it sort of felt a little too perfect. Interesting. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, this girl, either her hair just naturally looks like that because she's not spending the time to curl it all like this every day. Is that kind of what you mean? Or yeah. Or are we supposed to believe that she does? Cause I feel like later yeah. on in the movie, it <laughs> no. looks a little bit less that way. True. But either way, I love it on her. So it's not, it's not like a, it's to say I don't love it. It just, I, like, I was just like, oh, does that feel like Holly though? You know, to have like those perfect little tendrils. Well, I just think this is like one of her most classic hairstyles. Like, I feel like 
so many girls tried to copy mm-hmm. this. Like with this being back to back with Mad Love, like both of those are like really iconic 90s crew hairstyles. So it's just fun. Yes. And you know, I love the Mad Love look. Like I'm probably going to get my hair cut yeah. that length like next week. Well, we have good reason to talk about that because as we mentioned in our Mad Love episode, both the makeup and the hair for these films were done by the same people back to back. So Fern Bachner did makeup in both films and Angel DeAngelis did the hair in both films and the movies were filmed back to back. So we kind of think that maybe Drew worked with Fern and Angel on Boys on the Side and then it's like, oh, I look great. I like you guys. Come do Mad Love with me. (laughs) I love that. And there are instances in this where like I see Casey's face almost. And we'll talk about that too. There's definitely some like cool overlapping things aside from just those um, particular crew members. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I love that. Kim Greitzer served as Drew's assistant. We've talked about her as being one of the founding people behind Flower Films, um, but she did start as Drew's assistant. So within within like yeah. the year, they were starting Flower Films, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Pretty much by, I think, around the end of this year. So cool. It's so cool. So just kind of on a personal level for Drew, this is what was going on in her life. So they took a break from filming the movie. That is when she kind of reconnected with Jeremy Thomas after meeting him a few years Mm -hmm. prior. They got married during filming of this movie. (laughs) And basically Drew came back to set one day and said, guess what I did over the weekend? (laughs) And later on, uh, she was telling Whoopi that she'd been like really embarrassed to tell her because she really cared about like what Whoopi thought of her. (laughs) But yeah, they were married at this time and she sent him like, some of those love letters that he shared with the tabloids, like a total piece of crap. I was just going to say there's that Polaroid of her that totally looks like Bo's on the side hair. Yeah, totally is on the set. We yeah. should share that, right? Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. It's, it's cool. really cute. It's a, it looks like another one of the selfies from Interview Magazine. Totally. But it also is very telling that she like was embarrassed to tell Whoopi, you know? Because she's like somebody who knows me and has known me for a long time, (laughs) might not approve and probably had like a little bit of a motherly, you know, way of being with Drew. Oh my gosh. I wonder what Whoopi's reply was. (laughs) I I know what it was. What was it? (laughs) According to uh, Kate Hudson on SNL, it was no child. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know. (laughs) No child. (laughs) Forgot about that. And then just one last little note, if you guys have the April 1995 issue of UKGQ with Drew on the cover, that whole article was actually done with her on the set of Boys on the Side, which is fun. And it follows Drew driving through the Arizona desert and talks about her hotel room and her playing Pac-Man at a Tucson mall arcade. So it's kind of fun. Just puts you in like the scene of filming the movie. start talking about the film so we're gonna talk a little bit about all the parts that have drew in them basically so here we go (laughs) (laughs) yeah um because the beginning scenes do not have drew for quite a while when i put it on i was like i don't even remember most of this beginning stuff which is really weird i obviously like would always fast forward we have like jane singing in a bar she's a singer um whoopi's character is jane i couldn't help but notice she makes a racist comment to a taxi driver i was like 
That didn't change. Well, why are we doing that? She like packs up to move to LA. She meets Robin, Mary Louise Parker's character, because Robin placed an ad in the newspaper looking for somebody to drive across the country with, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's important, but it's not that exciting. It's like literally just setting it up. Yeah. Um, I had to make a note of them using the song um, Dreams by the Cranberries. So into the Cranberries this year, like they were my favorite band. <laughs> I was um, 12, 13, 13. <laughs> and the song I remember was used like in the trailer for the movie and I think on some of the TV spots. So I just very much associate like that movie and the song together and that time in my life. Such a good song, <laughs> by the way. Before we see Drew, we do get a really quick little clip that I just had to mention of her answering machine greeting. Yes, it is so cute. Hi, you've reached Nick and Holly. Leave a message. Jane's trying to call her and get a hold of her because they're going to go visit her because they're driving through Pittsburgh where she lives and she keeps getting the answering machine. (laughs) It's such a fun little tidbit. I know. I love things like it's like kind of goes along with how we love in movies when like it's her actual handwriting or yes. they like have a photo that they clearly like set up. They didn't just quickly take one on yes. set of the movie. Yeah, I love that. It just adds that little bit of flavor. Yeah, it's more world building. Yeah, totally. We're going to kind of jump forward a bit to when they arrive to Holly's place in Pennsylvania. Trigger warning for domestic abuse. Uh, we'll just talk about it briefly, but that is a part of Drew's character's life. Yeah. So, I mean, that aside, like, finally, she's here, right? Like, as soon as she opens the door, like, I just feel like she is this big breath of fresh air and this burst of energy on in this movie um our friend jvm jonathan van meter he's our friend now he's the one who did the <laughs> 1996 bazaar um in that feature he said that film had one thing going for it drew and we will talk about some more of her um reviews because she was really well received for this movie as she should have been <laughs> yeah and only drew could make a bad a situation like this look this cute and of course in that scene she's kind of trying to be like oh, no, everything's fine. You can go away. Like, she's definitely, like, hiding something that's going on inside. And then... Yeah. Well, it starts right away when she opens the door. I've always loved how she looks, like, peeking through the door. Yeah. And so Holly's boyfriend, Nick, is a total piece of shit. I can't... He's, like, a drug dealer, and he's very, very, very abusive. Yeah. Not just a dealer, like, also, like, addict, supposedly recovering addict. That's right. The scene is crazy physical. Like... He yeah. fully slams her head into a wall. It's yeah. like not fake at all. Um, I did find an interview where Drew said like, yeah, she actually did get hurt, but she really wanted it to look real and scare people. So it does whoa. scare you, but it also yeah. is kind of that thing where it's like, like, I think we've mentioned like vulnerability a couple of times, but like you get yeah. this sense that <laughs> I love actually that Drew describes her strong and weak because in this moment mm-hmm. you can see that Holly is like, I don't know. It's the perfect balance because she's just like so cute. And then she has this fucking terrible thing happening to her, but you feel like she'll be fine. Yeah. It's almost like, I almost want to say they don't quite play it seriously enough. Like Mm, I feel like Jane and Robin are just like, Oh, stop beating her up. Yeah. But there there are also a lot of like moments of this that you can see are played for comedy. And even in that moment, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It probably would be pretty different these days. But um, I love yeah. the part where Robin walks in and Holly meets her. I'm Robin, by the way. You must be Holly. Hi. It's really nice to meet you. You too. I, am, I really like your hair. Oh, 
thanks. The humidity really messed with it. Yeah, it's it is really sweet. I don't think I'd fully noticed that before, but it's it's really cute <laughs> that that's the thing that Holly wants to compliment. Yeah, it's totally her. And again, like it's like this serious, like a really uncomfortable scene in some ways, but then so cute and funny. Like you said, like I love Holly. Like once they tie up Nick, she's like teasing him with her tongue and she flashes him and she takes yep. a Polaroid with him and she's just like, eh. like good, good for her. <laughs> yeah, that part is like burned into my memory because it's, it's again, like this weird balance of like silly, but it's also pretty serious what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just have to mention her style because this is the first time we see her, but throughout the entire movie, it's yeah. just real casual, cute. Like she just looks so good in all of it. Um, she wears a little beanie when they run out. Yeah, I love that she's like her loose sweater. Like she makes that look so good or like long sleeve shirt. And then the (laughs) bell bottom, they're bell bottoms, right? Yeah, she wears a couple bell bottoms in this movie. Her style is very cute. Like I think you made a joke about how many times you say cute in the notes here. Yeah, Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) We're going to be saying it a lot. (laughs) All right, so now we're on the road in the movie. They're making their way all together towards California, right? Yeah, I think they were going to drop Holly somewhere else. Um, oh, they talk but... about like St. Louis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because she's like left Nick. They think he's like just tied up and he's going to be fine. So anyway, they're on the road. Um, I always love the scene where they're getting gas and she's inside the convenience store flirting with the cashier. Yes, <laughs> I had a thought actually. I feel like I was expecting something to happen with that. Oh, interesting. Because she like comes out and she like, kind of does like a yes kind of thing yeah. <laughs> like almost like she likes but maybe I guess she was like scoring because she was getting flirted with like I don't it was an interesting moment like I was like sort of like what is this what's the purpose of this to show us Holly's personality interesting like I didn't really see the purpose of it I was expecting to maybe come back to that or that they got some like resource from that guy I don't know I okay I guess I never even went there but I'm like maybe coming at it from a different place um so among my best girlfriends from high school, we all have our own Spice Girl names and that we've dubbed each other. And I'm Flirty Spice. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like totally get it. I'm like, oh, she's just excited because she's talking to this cute guy and he liked her. Woo, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> um, and then I love when they are in this like weird little motel that has an indoor pool and like a mini golf place. I've totally been to a place similar to this. I always think of it. I didn't even realize it was like at the place they were staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly's doing like mini golf while she's talking to Whoopi. And like whenever she gets the ball in the hole, she does like a cute little happy dance. And it's like totally Drew. Like that is probably exactly what she was doing when she was playing mini golf at this time. (laughs) Watching this just made me want to hang out with her playing mini golf. Like, yeah, it became a a new life goal. (laughs) And I noticed in that scene, I think she's actually wearing more than one earring in her ears, which she almost never does even though she has four holes in each ear or at least did at the yeah. time. I think she might have five now, but uh, I noticed it kind of looks like it's hard to see because her curls are covering it most of the time, but I feel like I see two hoops. It really does look like it in the screenshot you shared here. It's kind of cool. It's fun. <laughs> um, okay. So then she's leaving and it turns out she's actually going to go back to Pittsburgh. She's going to go back to Nick because you know, she's in that situation 
Mm-hmm. And I love that she's wearing those baby barrettes that were exactly what she's wearing during the S94 article. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Holly gets on the bus. And I think we both absolutely love this part. Oh, yeah. So Robin and Jane find out that Nick died somehow, like the next day it's on the front page of the newspaper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of doubt this drug dealer would be on the front page, but okay. <laughs> They've got to move the plot forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're trying to catch up to Holly on the bus to let her know what happened. And of course, she's like surrounded by a bunch of guys on the bus t- flirting with them all. Oh, yes, that too. I was just like, this is funny. There goes there goes flirty spice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then when she sees them in the van, she's like waving and making silly faces is robin which is mary louise parker's character starts to write mort in french like dead and i like that there are two things that happen like right away one is that Whoopi says she's not gonna understand that yeah and then of course holly says who's morty (laughs) yep i love it i also was just gonna say like this scene also has like it's very like silly like Drew's making the cutest faces ever being like a total little kid. And the situation is they're like trying to translate this very serious information. And then when she finally gets it. Yeah. Mary Louise Parker's like screaming in like a very like hilarious kind of way. And I'm like, why is she not rolling the window down? I also like that she like is yelling it in a regular voice. And then she goes like high pitched and like still the window's up. Like what? She's not going to hear you. I do love that it goes from this like silly, it's only like, you know, maybe less than 60 seconds probably. Yeah. But then Holly Drew's face. Yeah. When she sees the newspaper. Just goes like, I was going to say grave, but that's not the right. No, no, that's a good way of putting it. It's the face of like, holy shit. I can't believe Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Do you remember when we did that (laughs) webcam? I use that in quotes show for Missy in 2002 at your house. And it was basically, she could like, we could just put up pictures over and over again. And she requested that we do that face when she sees the newspaper. So I have a picture of us doing that face. (laughs) We'll have to include it in the show gallery. I don't remember that specific one. I can't wait to revisit it. I was just going to say, because I feel like I can never identify like act two, but yeah. this is clearly like, it goes from cute road trip to murders on the run. <laughs> like, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're all sitting around talking about the situation and we get some real good quotes from Drew here, <laughs> Holly being hilarious. <laughs> oh God. To think it's possible I killed my baby's daddy. To think it's possible? You hit him in the head with a baseball bat. He's dead. No. I mean, it's possible that Nick is the daddy. And then I noticed they're driving away from this and Robin's drinking something from a brown paper bag. So I'm going to assume alcohol because that's what you usually do. And then she hands it to Holly and Holly drinks it. I'm like, wait, didn't she just tell you guys she's pregnant? I got to take the edge off. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess if it's possible you killed your baby's daddy, you get an exception. <laughs> yeah, take take a swig. <laughs> I'm not condoning this, people. <laughs> no, sarcasm. <laughs> and then uh, we get the diner scene. It's Robin and Holly while Jane is sleeping in the car. This part. Jane's gay. Like, hello. <laughs> you didn't know? 
this is the first time in my life that I remember consciously taking note of Drew and being like, oh, I like her. Like seeing the commercials for this movie and that part where she says like, hello. I remember just being like, I like her. That's my girl. Yeah, cute. It was literally that line. That line. Yeah. And then the part where she like, when Robin asks if anyone has tape and she holds her hand up, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Like way up in the air. Yep. Those two moments. I'm like, I really liked her. But then it took me like three years to really become a fan. But (laughs) but the seeds were planted. (laughs) Yes. I love that you can identify that. Yeah. (laughs) And I also like the part where uh, she's talking about Nick and she just like it goes from being really cute and funny to then her crying, thinking about his little ways. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just every time I think of his little ways. And this scene, it particular, I think it's the framing and the way she looks mm-hmm. reminds me of the butterfly dress dinner scene in Mad Love. Yeah. Where she has like a nervous giggle when she's telling a story and then gets like serious when she's talking about yeah. her dad getting so mad. Oh my gosh. And even yep. like kind of the way her hair looks, like it's like there's so much about it. And then I was able, I was kind of making, like I said, like that comparison and going like oh weird and then and then I like posted in here wait how far away were these like scenes actually filmed and it's like not very long like I think you said maybe a few months maybe two or three so (laughs) weird but I know yeah but that that was the first time I noticed it and then it's also this this scene I feel like Drew's acting is really exceptional in it yeah I love that part and then another part I absolutely love we get kind of like a road montage um there's a quick part where they're singing this song Holly has on heart sunglasses and little braids and she's got the barrettes and she's dancing around with her hands. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is the cutest. This is, she is so cute in this movie. I just love her so much. Yeah. That particular (laughs) part is just like heart eyes all over it. Yep. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Heart sunglasses, heart eyes. And then they stop in Tucson and they're posing for photos in front of that big landmark still in existence in Tucson. It's called the Longhorn Grill. So it's got this huge Longhorn statue outside of it. It's really unique looking. We should go there sometime. <laughs> cool. Take a picture. I'll, I'll bring a big hat and yeah. cover my face. <laughs> sunglasses. That clipping of her from this, like I wanted that for years. You know the one? Oh, yes. I also love that clipping. Oh, so beautiful. And then the movie kind of turns again. We get some more drama. Uh, Robin has been kind of like sick the whole time and she passes out. Mm-hmm. And then she's at the hospital in Tucson. And the doctor just just tells Jane in the hallway, no big deal. She doesn't even know who she is. She just says, you know, Robin has AIDS. <laughs> like, wait a second, you can do that. They didn't even find out like who this person was to her before telling her. Right. But it is, I mean, obviously there had to be some verbiage where you had to be said out loud so that the audience would know. Right. And without Robin telling her herself because she's been hiding it this whole time. So why would she say, yeah. Yeah. So it's again, but here we go. Act three. So yet another conflict, like you said, Um, I had forgotten about the flashbacks in the movie where they show Robin's character, like on an old road trip with her little brother who died. Yeah, it's kind of random. Like, it's actually a pretty neat film device, like, yeah. to show her mindset. But I hadn't focused because back to Drew. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to pay attention to anything but her in this. I get it. Yeah. So the ladies, they live in Tucson now. Three months go by. And this is 
they've all decided to stay here because that's where they need to be for Robin. Mm -hmm. And Holly's been pregnant for a while now. So she's, I love this part where they reveal her on the wall with her belly. She's on the phone with her her man. So cute. Oh my God. I wish I had looked this cute when I was pregnant. (laughs) And then she's like, comes out and she's wearing like the little waitress uniform, which I totally had forgotten. I guess she's working a little side job as a waitress. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the only time they show her in that uniform. And it's very cute. It's like this minty green color. Mm -hmm. Um, that house looks kind of awesome. Oh my god. It's almost like three little houses in one courtyard or something. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's really <laughs> like, cool. It's like this <laughs> Spanish style. It just looks yeah. rad. It's great. So they have a scene for Jane's birthday party at this bar. So first of all, I think it probably took me years and many viewings because I'm just was dumb before I even realized it was like a lesbian bar. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's very subtle. And, like, Whoopi's character is dating the owner of it. Didn't know that for years. Like, I didn't notice that at all. It's, like, they're not overt about it, which is what they talk about in the Interview 95, how they don't show any affection. And, in fact, I had read that quote from Interview 95. I still can't picture who Amy Aquino is. Yeah. And, (laughs) And when the movie ended, I saw her name in the credits, and I was like, oh, Oh, Amy Aquino. Like I was like, but I, I like, didn't, I, I totally didn't connect that she was in a relationship with that character, even though I had just read that yeah, in interview. It's really subtle. It's too um, subtle. Like I, I like to think that maybe there were scenes they cut. Probably. And I also didn't realize it was a lesbian bar. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so I'm trying to come up with reasons for this line that I was like furious about. Yeah. It's so just gross. they have this bartender. And my only thought is they're trying to be like, well, he works at a gay bar, but he's not gay. And we'll make that really clear because he makes a disgusting comment about the daughter who he says is 12 years old of the owner of the bar. And I was like, what in the hell is this doing in here? It's quick, but not subtle. (laughs) No. Yeah. And I'm going to repeat it, but I was like, are they just trying to be like, don't worry, this guy's not gay. So he's a potential love interest. Like, Once again, is that what they thought would be the way to reveal that? Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not rooting for this guy ever. Like he's dead to me. (laughs) Yes. I also couldn't help but notice that that's that actor who plays Richard from Sex and the City. Yeah. 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 Like I said before, I'm like only mildly acquainted with Sex and the City. I I knew he was from it, but you're probably more like connected to him than I am. He (laughs) ends up being like a recurring love interest of Samantha. And so he comes back a bunch. So if if you know who Richard from Sex and the City is, that's who plays this at first creepy we should bartender. Probably, we should probably know the actor's name, but I can't yeah, think of what it Richard is. Richard from Sex and the City. It's all right. <laughs> so Holly comes in and this is probably one of her most classic looks in the movie. She's got the daisies in her hair. This could be the first time. I was trying to think oh. about it. This could be the original Drew daisies in the hair. I think so. Um, Because it'd be around the same time as the Sky 1994 Michael Muller shoot. Mm -hmm. Which, so one or the other is the first, I think. Now I feel like we got to like talk to this uh, hairstylist and be like, I know. How did the decision to put daisies in her hair come Uh, up? And what was Drew's reaction on set? Ah! Oh my God. It's just so classic. Ah! That's such a cool thought. I know. And I love where she's on stage playing guitar and she does a little 
which makes me think of mad love. (laughs) Yep, totally. (laughs) And then so we get Matthew McConaughey makes his um, debut in the movie. He's looking for Holly. He's a cop. And so Robin and Jane are like, oh, my God, why is there a cop here looking for her? The whole bar like quiets down. (laughs) Yeah, she never told them that he was a cop. Yeah, uh, this is their first time meeting him. But of course, that appearance where she comes down the stairs and she's like holding her little pregnant belly and looking so cute. And they recreated in the music video we'll talk about later. But uh, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very cute. And I love this part where she's like introducing him to the girls. <laughs> yes, they're from my garden. Oh, isn't he sweet? <laughs> Hold on, babe. You know that I'm still in uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that cute? He takes it so serious. And then we get this really long break where there's no scenes with Drew. Boo. There are a couple scenes that I like in this part, even though they don't involve Drew. I like how Jane is egging on Robin to use the word (laughs) cunt because she says like, yeah. And when they have the callback later where Robin's mom says cunt oh yeah that's right I forgot about that I love that so much I do really like that scene too that's a really good like very natural fun scene yeah and also it feels like she's bringing her power to herself by using the word um and then there's a really sweet scene where Jane's singing a cover of the Carpenter song superstar which is sort of cute because in the film like she says you're not my type because you said carpenters like it's it's very cute Mm mm-hmm Now we get Drew back when? (laughs) So they're at a Day of the Dead festival and they're all there having a good time. And there's a really cute scene. Of course, we're going to say cute a thousand times. Sorry, we can't help it. It's what it is (laughs) where Holly is doing a pinata. She's got a blindfold on. And I thought her little sweater almost looked like something that she would wear in Home Fries. Totally. I could totally (laughs) see that. It is a very cute scene. I like when she hits the pinata and she makes like a very excited face. It's so adorable. Yeah. It's it's kind of a cool scene because you understand like the liveliness of where they are in Tucson. It's kind of. Yeah. 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 But then uh, she's like sneaks off and she's in a car smoking. And I was like, Holly, (laughs) you're pregnant. Smoking, drinking. (laughs) Abe, her cop boyfriend walks up and starts talking to her does he say it smells a little bit like marijuana yes yeah and then she's like it's a clove but I think it's supposed to be weed because she's smoking it like a joint like it's a joint I know I thought that too but did you notice in the scene she suddenly is taking on Matthew McConaughey's Texas accent smells like marijuana out here (laughs) clove cigarettes (laughs) and you know that's not good for the baby yeah, well, having him come out that tiny hole is not good for me either, so, or even. What is wrong? You hear it? <laughs> yeah, sh- cigarettes. Having him come out of that tiny hole. <laughs> like, are she warming up for Sally and home fries? Or... <laughs> it's really cute. It's very cute. Yes, it's very cute. Smells a little like marijuana. You know, accents are contagious. Maybe she was just working so frequently with him. Totally. I would probably start copying it too. Yeah. Then we get to a scene where Abe just proposes in like a clearly post-sex scene. Yeah. (laughs) 
and her reply is very cute. Adorable. Hey, babe. Yeah. Marry me. Get serious. I am serious. Get out of town. Kind of stood out to me like why does she need to be topless in this scene you know like she flashes nick at the beginning of the movie that makes a little more sense to me but like they had to like we got drew barrymore we gotta get her naked again i feel like it was subtle enough and very cute yeah but- i don't know for some reason it jumped out at me and then when i was researching i did find an interesting thing about this scene which i did mm. not have in my memory at all so in the uk gq april 1995 issue they tell a story that drew got up in the middle of filming the scene and she ran off to the bathroom she had this moment of feeling so uncomfortable in her skin and she didn't like it and they sent the makeup artist to go talk to her and the makeup artist said like are you being drew right now And she realized, yeah, I am. I need to go back into being Holly. And then she Mm. did that and it felt completely natural after that. I just thought it was interesting. I also just realized there's something different about flashing and sitting there without a top on. Yeah. Although there is that cute part where she like sticks his badge to her chest. Yeah. Which I think is actually (laughs) pretty cute. cute. So (laughs) if they didn't have that, I don't know. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Anyway, just an observation. Yeah. And just if Drew felt uncomfortable, like. I'm glad that she kind of went and worked it out, but hopefully the uh, she wasn't kind of being forced to. Yeah, I hope so. She didn't want to do, but. And then I also like when she has now explained, like we're all we're all over Nick, like six feet over him. Um, she tells off screen. She tells her boyfriend Abe what happened. It was an accident, or. Self-defense. I mean, I would never kill anybody on purpose or, like, in cold blood. Hey, did you ever see that movie? I like how in this scene, after she has just confessed, and then they pan away, and they just reveal the Polaroid, which we know Holly took as Nick was tied up. (laughs) And even at the beginning of that, I was like, yeah, good. Let's just make some evidence that you were here, Drew. Um, but the Polaroid is so yeah. cute. It's so cute, but it's also like, Holly, this is sitting outside of your bag where your cop boyfriend is? Like, what are you doing, girl? Yeah, that's that's a little airheady. <laughs> we love you anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, and then that Polaroid will come back in a bit. It is an actual real piece of evidence. Yes. Well, Robin and Jane have a fight. I guess we skipped over that. Yeah. Robin's mom comes to visit and uh, she brings her new boyfriend and he is played by Sir Richard, (laughs) a.k.a. Drew's dad in Mad Love. So there's another connection. And also somebody we didn't pull the name of the actor because, you know, I know it's Jude, Jude something. Jude starts with a C. Hey, Jude. Don't so be um, I was waiting for it because I was reading your notes and I heard his voice before I saw his face, which it was awesome. really funny to like recognize his voice. I love he that. only says a few lines, but yeah, he's barely in it. <laughs> and once again, they had just filmed. That's so weird. I know that she filmed these so close. They don't together. have scenes together either. No, I know. So weird. <laughs> I love that you pulled that though. Yeah. And then they have that cute dinner scene at the house. Her makeup is like really stunning in that scene. And they're all sort of talking about, you know, Jane, what's going on and how she's gone. And Robin's mom is scandalized by everything. I just love this part. It's so funny. She's a black lesbian. Yes, ma'am. That is right. 
And she was living here. With you? No, 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 no. She was just living here. They weren't, like, fucking or anything. <gasps> Were you? Were you? <laughs> <laughs> Were you? I just always love that. So good. Her delivery is really comedic there. I've always noticed the mom and never really noticed what Drew was doing to react. So well, and the mom is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we're jumping to Holly's arrest. No. <laughs> <laughs> so because Abe is just such an upstanding man, he feels the right thing to do is to turn her in. And she agrees. <laughs> He's arresting me. What for? You know what for, Robin? Pittsburgh. You told him? Yes, she told me. And I take this name seriously. I cannot tell a lie. It was Washington, schmuck. Well, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to stand by Holly 100%, but I am sworn to uphold the law. And I don't believe I would be any use to her whatsoever if I broke my oath. Now, would I? She really loves me. Oh, yeah. I can... Okay, so she gets arrested. So cute. Cute, cute, cute. That's all we can say. <laughs> and then here's some more cuteness. So they go to the courtroom and the Polaroid is blown up <laughs> gigantically. Like poster size. That lawyer is such a jerk. Ugh. Ugh, yeah. I'm also like, who has that prop? Did it just oh get thrown God. away? I know. And I'm like, well, we need it for the Drewsium. That Please. and like those original Ever After portraits of Drew. Like <laughs> they could just have a gallery room. <laughs> Yeah, why not? All of the the portraits that were made of yeah. Drew. And... and I'll take all the Polaroids too, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that uh, we were just talking about how she carries around a Polaroid camera like yeah. Drew herself around this time too. Oh, yeah. I didn't even make that connection. Oh my God. Hilarious. Love it. That's probably part of her like bringing art to life and vice versa. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Um, it's really cute when Holly and Abe are like kissing through the jail cell bars and so funny. She like asks for a moment with him and he's allowed in <laughs> just like loving on each other. Which is like, come on, that yeah. feels like a bit unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. But I was also thinking when you said like Drew agreed with him in this part, she like asks what she should do. And it's like That's her right. lawyer and Holly and Robin are there and she just wants to know what Abe thinks. Yeah. Which I think is sweet, but it's also like, <laughs> all right, she's that in love that she trusts his plan. You know, yeah. she so trusts him. It, it's sweet. It's true to her character for sure. Yeah. And then she's going to have her baby. So we get the really cute. <laughs> Sorry, we can't stop saying cute. You guys, that's just what she is. Okay. We probably need to have like a drinking game to this episode. Every time we say cute, you have to I drink. It. I love it. Very drunk, very quickly. <laughs> Holly's having her baby, breathing through labor, making all these cute faces. Um, And I found some notes that said, Drew said it was the most difficult scene for her in the movie because she couldn't draw from any personal experience. Mm -hmm. And she really wanted it to be real and still have a sense of Holly. So she said it kind of came naturally to her to make funny faces and get into it, which... I love that. I love that. I feel like it it is realistic. Yeah. I mean, you know more than I do, mama. <laughs> <laughs> she did say also in that same like little segment I'd found that some women who had had babies said that she did a good job. So she felt Oh, great. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I just paused and noticed because I love these kinds of things. The date on the baby bassinet is June 11th, 1994. Oh, cute. 
I wonder how they chose that date. But I think it's a little too late to be the date of filming. Like, I think they were done before then. So it's kind of random. Maybe it was like, maybe June 11th was somebody's birthday. Yeah, that could be it. I like that. Somebody's kid's birthday. And they're like, let's just use that. Or maybe yeah. they just went, ah, just choose a date. Hmm. <laughs> I love that though. I love that you pulled it because who knows, maybe one day we'll know why. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And then we're kind of wrapping up to the end of the movie. So Holly, I guess, is out of jail? (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) They don't even really explain it. I thought they said that she would be paroled after six months or something like that, but it's got to be less than six months later. Yeah, anyway, (laughs) her baby's still a baby. But anyway, yeah, so she returns to the house, the awesome house with her baby. Um, Her hair is now straight. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly her hair during bad girls promotion. So that's fun to see. Totally. She's wearing this long sleeve, adorable vintage dress. Oh, it's so cute. It has such a cool pattern on it. Yeah, really fun. And I definitely noticed I'm kind of skipping around, but she seems like much more mature in these post jail and post definitely scenes, right. I think that's part of the hair is part of it, but just kind of her mannerisms are much more like calm and settled. <laughs> Sorry, I have to step back a second. <laughs> Again, it's it speaks to the like time period of this movie and the like sort of semi comedy that it is. They revealed that the baby is black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when they reveal it, Whoopi is standing next to Matthew McConaughey as her characters. <laughs> and she looks at Abe and says, don't look at me. Yeah, that's that's actually really funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> but you're right. It's very 90s humor. I'm sure it's like would have been in the commercials if it didn't give it something away. <laughs> it's true. So they named the baby Mary Todd. And when I first saw this movie, I never even noticed or knew anything. But when I found out Abe Lincoln, the real Abraham Lincoln's wife's name was Mary Todd. (laughs) That is so goofy. It's very goofy. But it's like a piece of trivia I've never forgotten. Abraham Lincoln's wife's name. I always will know what it is from now on. So I see that you pulled a picture that appears to be from a deleted scene. So were you thinking you had it like it's got to be around this time because of the hair? Yeah, it's definitely got to be from the end because she's got that hair. And we've seen a lot of photos from this, but she's wearing a totally different outfit. We'll put a picture of it in the gallery. Don't know anything about it, but I'm thinking there might have been one more scene in this ending segment. Wish we could see it. Yeah, I do love. So they're kind of having, I guess, like a party for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I love the part where she's putting lipstick on in the mirror. I don't know why. It's just like gorgeous. I drew in a mirror. I always been into that. Yeah, (laughs) it is very beautiful. And she's got another really beautiful vintage dress on a yellow one this time. Mm -hmm. Then we get kind of the depressing ending. Spoiler alert, if you... (laughs) I haven't watched the movie yet, but the room is like full of everybody at this party and the camera's panning around and then it goes around again and it's all empty and Robin's wheelchair is empty because she has passed away. And then Jane is going to go to LA. That was her plan all along. Mm -hmm. And so she's going to go and she walks out the door Mm -hmm. and Holly is standing outside at a distance Mm -hmm. and their dialogue is looped. You don't really see them talking. And for mm-hmm. some reason, and I can't make up my mind about it, when I first saw it, I was like, that doesn't look like Drew. Like, is that a body double? Because they they never show close up. The, like I said, the dialogue's looped. Something felt off. Then I made screen caps and I was like, no, it does look like her. And I can't decide. <laughs> and when they showed her, I was like, oh, yeah, it does look kind of strange. Like her clothes are fitting a little bit differently. 
you know, it's from a distance. And then I was like, what would be the reason though? Like, well, if she wasn't available. Yeah. If they were doing like pickups and then she wasn't available. And she was already doing Mad Love. (laughs) I can't decide. (laughs) It would be a good double if it is. And that's the film. And then they do actually very similarly to the end of Mad Love. They do like a montage of like moments on the road (laughs) from the movie. That's kind of funny. Howdy, Howdy, Droobies. We want to tell you about our sponsor, Positive Medium. We've actually been clients of theirs for at least 10 years, and they take care of all of our website needs for thedruseum.com. They offer custom web design and professional coding, search engine optimization, marketing, and hosting. So we've been hosted by them, but we've also been able to take advantage of a lot of their expertise in these other areas as well. Absolutely. So customer service is the biggest draw for us with this company. They have saved our site literally from obliteration quite a few times, but then they also help us with minor issues in just like literally a matter of minutes. So if we have like a coding question or just like something on the back end, we can't figure out, we reach out to them and we get an answer back and the issue is solved within moments. We're so excited that Positive Medium is allowing us to offer our listeners 25% off managed WordPress hosting plans using our promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, of course. Um, And if you want to take advantage of this, visit positivemedium.com. We really, really vouch for these people. They've been so great to us and will continue to be great to us, I I can only imagine. (laughs) I mean, they're great by offering this to our listeners. So take advantage. Again, it's promo code DREW, of course. Let's talk about the movie coming out before the movie came out. The soundtrack came out and it was pretty popular from what I remember. It's all female artists. Um, I just sort of remember it being a big deal. We actually have a weird, I don't know where we got this picture, but Drew was presented with like a platinum CD because it sold so many copies and it's like we have a picture of her like plaque. So (laughs) I don't know how or why. (laughs) That's funny. Mm-hmm. I liked the Integral Girls stuff in the movie, and I was like, "Wait, this the song sounds familiar. This is kind of rad." And then I, when I was watching the credits, I was like, "Oh, it's the Integral Girls!" Like I didn't know who it was. Yeah, it's funny that they're just like, "Oh yeah, the Integral Girls are playing at this lesbian bar in Tucson. Cool. Maybe they just like <laughs> why <come> not through." <laughs> um, and then of course. Bonnie Raitt did the cover of You've Got It, and all three of the leading ladies appeared in the music video. We've talked about this more in depth in our music video episode, which you can go check out. Mm -hmm. The weird thing about this song is you can't stream it on Spotify or anything, and the music video has never been officially released online. Like, There's like a really bad quality version of it on YouTube. We'll link to it, but... Oh, weird. I would love to get a better one. Drew did some promotion for the movie. She went on Late Show with David Letterman for the first time. So that was her very first appearance on there, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. There's a great interview with Tom Snyder on his show that that whole thing is available on YouTube from our friends at Drew Barrymore Daisy. So we'll link to that. 
Cool. As we mentioned before, she went on FX, we now know, and that's a snake one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and then MTV. And then apparently she was on Good Morning America. We've never seen the clip, but we have a photo that is labeled as such. So, gosh, would love to see that. Yeah, she looks great. I know. And then do you think like that her appearing in Playboy at this time was intentional? Do you think it helped promote the movie? I would imagine Mm -hmm. like guys who saw the movie then probably maybe that was the only reason they would go see this chick flick. I don't know. I'm just wondering if it had any influence at all. I don't know. I don't have like a strong feeling either way. I feel like when people are on Playboy, it's because they're like offered, right? Isn't it kind of like I mean, I don't know. It's just fun to think about. But it's around that time, so it had to impact how other things are doing that she's working on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hmm. Would that help or hurt? I think it would help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially because she's naked in the movie, too. We can't get point. enough of Drew's boobs. Come back for the movie. <laughs> the movie's domestic release date was February 3rd, 1995. So she was about to turn 20. Yeah, just, God, it's crazy. She wasn't even 20 yet. (laughs) It's so crazy. I like this, too. The German title translates to coffee, milk, and sugar, which is very cute. I feel like, do we have, like, ads? Is that how we know? Yeah, so when we were first starting the Drusium in 2005, Uh I remember we were spending a lot of time, like, translating foreign text on magazines and ads and stuff I don't know why funny maybe we just thought it was fun yeah this is the one I remember the most like we were like wait because it kind of sounds like coffee milk and sugar and we like (laughs) confirmed that's what the translation was (laughs) I mean I guess that kind of sums up those three characters in a really creative way (laughs) I just thought of like the never been kissed one is like college something oh college attitude (laughs) (laughs) that's right is it the German one I think it's French. I don't remember. Okay. I think you're right. (laughs) The movie was like a mild hit, whatever. It didn't do like gigantic numbers, but I think it made back its budget at least. Um, But Drew's performance got a lot of really, really lovely reviews. I would say at this time in her career, probably the best reviews she'd ever gotten. Maybe even more than like Gun Crazy. She was starting to become well-loved by the critics. Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled a lot. I don't, like, they're all short, the little lines I pulled, but they're all so good. I couldn't leave any out. So should we just share them all? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just switch off and share them. Okay. Um, So in Rolling Stone, there's no denying that Barrymore breathed life into the film at every turn. That's so totally sweet. true. Love that. <laughs> um, the Washington Post said Barrymore brings something new to the screen, something of a low rent Carol Lombard. And I thought that was fun because Edward Norton actually had made that comparison once, too, that she oh. was like a comedian, sort of like her. Yeah, I kind of love that. Um, and then the New York Daily News said Goldberg and Parker are funny and affecting, but the real treat is Barrymore, a bouncy, zesty little actress. <laughs> She makes me think of her calling her hair woo-woo bouncy. (laughs) Rue's longtime supporter, Roger Ebert, he always Mm -hmm. had kind words to say about her. He said, those who know Barrymore from her adolescent headlines in the supermarket trash press may not realize that in movies like Gun Crazy, she's been developing into an actress of great natural zest and conviction. The difficult emotional scenes in Boys on the Side belong to Goldberg and Parker, but it is Barrymore whose spirit somehow draws them together into a family. And then lastly, the Los Angeles Times, 
Barrymore, usually cast as a bad girl, stretches here. She plays a delicate innocent who can't help attracting a swarm of men wherever (laughs) she goes. With her big lipstick smile and cutesy poo blonde locks, Holly is like a Generation X flapper. Is that awesome or what? I was like, I love this one. Very cool. A swarm of men. The only the only time I think of it actually looking like a swarm yeah. is that bus scene. <laughs> All right. So that was so fun. I liked the movie more than I remember. Drew is like extremely cute. Like all these reviews say, if you only want to watch it for her part, it is worth it because she is just delightful and adorable in every moment she's in. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our ninth movie episode. I'm really looking forward to our 10th. I won't say anything else, (laughs) but it's one that I love very, very much and I hold dear. All right. Thanks, you guys. Go rate, review, subscribe, do all the stuff. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it and give you credit and tell you how much we love you. And then go follow us on Instagram at how do you drew pod, same handle on TikTok. And then you can also follow our at Drewzium account on Instagram for all of the rest of the Drew content you could possibly need. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you need some more, though, you can visit our website <laughs> at howdoyoudrew.com to see all of our episode pages. I feel like we have stopped mentioning episode pages, but we're still doing those things. Great links and photos from this episode will be in there and every other episode, too. As always, yes. Um, and it's hosted on the Drewzium, our original site. Um, and also send listener mail to howdoyoudrewpod at gmail.com. Once again, we give you many ways to reach out to us. Please do. Yes, yes. Um, my question to take us out is what's your favorite look in Boys on the Side? Oh, how dare you? Um, <laughs> I guess just like I'm going to be boring and say the daisies and the hair and the little um, maternity top. It just it's so classic. It works for me yeah. every time. But I really do I, like everything she does in this movie look wise. Yeah. Honestly, actually, I think the first look might be my favorite. Yeah, where it's like I love the most casual. I mean, she is very cute throughout, but I think the fact that she's pulling off like the most simple thing. Yeah. And looks the cutest. Ugh. Thank you for listening and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode of the How Do You Drew podcast was researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from thedrewzium.com with help from our sponsor, Positive Medium. Special thanks to Matt Costa for our lovely theme song, Roxy Prima for our adorable logo, and last but not least, Drew Barrymore and all the Drewbies who love her. We do this for you. Thank Thank you. you.